Being a professional fighter is sick. The glory, the fame. Okay, so there's a whole bunch of training and dedication that goes into it. The pay is not always great. You know, you get injured. You have to sacrifice like a lot. But hey, when does that ever stop random idiots from attempting it? Or in that case, celebrities. Also, not everyone on this list is an idiot. In fact, I'll let you decide that part for yourselves. For whatever reason, combat sports always seems to be something that famous people just want to get involved in. In some cases, they've been training for years. In others, they might just need to beat someone up in front of a live audience to validate their life again. Either way, boxing is certainly something many celebrities have tried their hands at, but MMA, that is an entirely different story. And we're not talking about your obvious wrestling stars here like Brock Lesnar or Batista. God knows the internet has done that idea to death at this point. No, no, these are celebrities that you either looked at in surprise at their choice in career change or just scratched your head in bewilderment. I'm Bailey in from MMA On Point and boom, UFC 271 is inbound. So you know what that means, the Bet Online boys, the official partners to MMA On Point are here to hype the fun. Are you feeling confident about the fights? Well, this weekend during our live UFC 271 fight companion featuring UFC vet Darren the Dentist Stewart and the voice of Cage Warriors Brad Wharton, you can play along with us using the code ONPOINT and you can get 50% sign-up bonus good for up to $1,000. More on that later, but for now, here are the 10 most random stars to ever try MMA. Number 10, Josh Herdman, aka Goyle from Harry Potter. Draco Malfoy was the Hogwarts bad boy and you don't get nowhere in life without a good crew. And here's where Crab and Goyle, two likely lads rough and ready for some corridor shoving or a cheeky tabletop. In reality, they were just young English school children who probably had trouble tying their shoelaces, let alone dusting anyone up. But the actor Josh Herdman, who played Goyle in each film, still continues to act to this day and he started to get into Japanese jiu-jitsu. Think Michael Bisping's background. Then in 2016, he competed in his first amateur fight in a UK regional promotion, Rise of Champions. In Essex, shout out. I'm so fucking stupid. He actually went and gave a full interview on Series XM with none other than Luke Thomas. He told Luke he'd always planned on getting into the cage at some point. Turns out his old man had been a professional boxer. His name was Martin Herdman. He only went one one-on-one, -on -one, but still. He also did acknowledge that this is my first amateur fight and I'm speaking to a prestigious MMA journalist like yourself. But I know I'm from Harry Potter and it's quite an interesting story. Well, he won his debut against Janusz Wolachowski and didn't look half bad in the process, especially compared to some on this list. He did have another fight two years later in 2018 and won that as well, this time against Samuel Radley and since then he he has yet to fight again. Still, it's understandable to want to beat the shit out of someone later in life if you'd been subjected to the Harry Potter media circus before you'd even hit puberty. Number 9. The Double Rainbow Guy all across the sky, baby. What a happy chappy this fine sir was. Sadly, it does seem he passed recently in 2020 due to COVID-19. But yes, before that, this gentleman did have an MMA fight. First of all, I realized some of you weren't around for the early YouTube meme days. Bo Burnham, Ladigo, <coughs> Machinima. Well, there were plenty of viral stars going around, including Paul Vasquez, who happened to film a double rainbow going all across the sky at the Yosemite National Park in California. Let me tell you, that shit was intense. Oh my God. It's so intense. His happy reaction spread across the globe and even went on Jimmy Kimmel to describe the experience in person. But what does this mean? What does this mean? Well, after all that happened, he popped up on a few adverts, as you do, Microsoft, Smart Water, that sort of thing. But he announced in 2005 in an effort to kickstart his weight loss and get some motivation, he was going to have an MMA fight, baby. Oh, yeah. I just want to take a second to point out that this guy, at least from watching the Double Rainbow video a good few hundred times and then seeing what he looks like, well, you'd think he was a literal poster boy for peace and love. But okay. You want to get in a cage and fuck someone up? You want to bring some of that light from your world into this seedy darkness? Bring a little rainbow magic? Well, come on over, mate. We won't stop you. The 
unfortunately lost in less than a minute. But I mean, he still did it. He straight up runs at the guy and gets immediately clocked with a straight right and goes into survival mode after that. So there's not much to see, but he does get a cheeky ankle pick. That's championship right there. Shut up before I ankle pick you. He did also say when asked about the fight, he was going to die from obesity and he lost a hundred pounds before the fight and another hundred pounds after. So good for him. Probably didn't need to get punched in the face though. Well, maybe he did. Number eight, Atsushi Saito, aka Shibatar. What we have here is basically Japan's answer to Jake Paul. Shibatar is a Japanese YouTuber whose content revolves around vlogging, drama, and occasionally combat sports or wrestling. The most random part about this MMA fight is the fact that it happened at a legit MMA promotion in Ryzen. The fact that this guy was 3-9-1 at the time, with some of those fights being in pro wrestling promotions, and that he was matched against a multiple-time defending K1 kickboxing champion in Utah Kubo. Like I said, this wasn't the first time Shibatar had fought in MMA. Still, it was super confusing to see a YouTuber essentially take on a professional world champion, and Chipotar didn't exactly take the fight very seriously. He spent the first two minutes bouncing off the ropes, begging for his life, and eating some seriously nasty liver kicks before he clocked Kubo with a right hand, started a brawling frenzy, and tapped the kickboxer with a freaking flying armbar in the first round. Seriously, this was some Jake Paul shit. After the fact, however, Ryzen started investigating it as it turns out Chipotar might have coerced Kubo into fighting to a script. At least, according to Reddit, he texted him explaining he was suffering from depression and he has a condition where he his body will shut down if he gets punched in the face. So he kind of suggested Kubo take it easy on him in round one so they could get a good fight. Kubo apparently agreed to the plan under the threat of cancellation, but it seems like either Shibatar was planning to do the old switcheroo on him, or he just ate one body kick too many and thought, fuck it. Either way, this YouTuber won, shocking a lot of the fan base. Regardless if it was arranged or not, he certainly ate his fair share of shots, and these two were trading leather, so you can do the math. Number seven, Herschel Walker. I get it, a pro NFL athlete getting into MMA, it's not exactly surprising. You know, we had guys like Brendan Sharp and Matt Mitrione who made the switch. It's just that Herschel Walker actually made a career out of the NFL. Played at the highest level, was one of the greatest collegiate players of all time. He was also on the Olympic bobsled team and the Celebrity Apprentice, and then at 47 years old decided, hey, I'm going to do an MMA fight. Two, in fact, both in Strike Force, might I add. He'd popped up in 2007 as a guest on the classic Inside MMA. He was actually there to pitch this MMA reality show that himself and Jose Canseco were going to be a part of. But before that happened in 2009, he announced he'd signed to Strike Force and would be taking an MMA fight, which kind of shocked a lot of people because, you know, who the fuck decides they want to start fist fighting at 47 years old? Wolverine? He also put in a serious 12 week training camp with Crazy Bob Cook Upper AKA. And aside from being literally the most jacked, near 50-year-old you've ever seen. He also quietly held a fifth-down black belt in Taekwondo. They did this whole speech at the press conference about how he'd had his heart and lungs tested and was 47 going on 22. Joe Rogan also had a spiel about him. He's got such a crazy disciplined work ethic that like his body is still in pristine shape. I mean, okay, the guy he fought didn't look like he knew what he was doing. Greg Nag, one and one. But I mean, nor did Herschel either, really? Don't get me wrong, still super impressive given his age and inexperience, but my man was a little stiff. Still, he pounded him out in the third round and he won his second fight as well. TKO this time in the first round after he screamed at Scott Carson for kicking him in the head and started trying to knock his face off. I think he did better than most people expected, but yeah, pretty strange outlier in MMA history that one. And he also donated all these winnings to charity. So what a nice man. Number six, Georgia Harrison. 
This was the biggest career swing since Jody Marsh got into bodybuilding. Sorry if you're not from the UK, you probably don't know who the hell that is, but Jody Marsh was a glamour model slash TV star from Essex, shout out again, who worked her fucking ass off in a crazy reality show where she transformed herself into a bodybuilder and ended up winning gold at the Natural Bodybuilding Federation Bodybuilding Championships in 2012. So following in her footsteps somewhat, Georgia Harrison, who first made a TV appearance on The Only Way Is Essex, big up Essex again, getting a proper shout out in this video, she was also on Love Island after that. But then, well, she wanted to take an MMA fight to find something to dedicate herself to and see if she could achieve a goal. Pretty admirable reason, if you ask me. And she took things pretty seriously, even flying out to Thailand for parts of her training camp. And you know what? It sounded like a right laugh. Out there, we were training, I'm talking five to six hours a day, and it's like, it was easy to do because of where I was. At least for the most part, as she pretty honestly addressed some of the struggles of learning a tough sport like MMA, like doubting yourself after a hard sparring session. I feel like, what if I can't do it? <laughs> Anyway, the fight was interesting, but she landed a few hellacious spinning back fists, and for her, I think it was way more about the journey. But she did win the fight via decision. She definitely took the whole process very seriously, and even told the son afterwards, I had to give up Sauvignon Blanc for this. Ah, you can take the girl out of Essex, eh? Number 5. Jose Canseco so here we have another professional athlete that fought in MMA. Again, I guess if they are known for their athletic prowess, it's not so random, but uh, come on guys, it's not like that gives them an advantage. I mean, how many NBA and NFL athletes have we seen box and get sent to the shadow realm? Besides, this was Jose Canseco, player of the year 1988, first man to hit 40 home runs and steal 40 bases in one season. I know nothing about baseball, this is all from his Wikipedia page, but I do know that every scrap of credibility gained from his exploits in baseball was stripped away when he was outed for steroids and also decided to start pointing fingers at his teammates as well. So the next logical step for a juice head in the early 2000s, MMA of course. Most speculate really that this was the kind of guy who would do anything to save his own skin or make some money. That includes basically defiling MMA because that's kind of what he was doing, especially at a time when god damn it we needed some credibility, not an existing household name making a mockery of things. Yeah, unfortunately that's what he did though. Still, Japan thought it would be funny to match him up with super heavyweight Hongman Choi, that's the 7 foot 2 giant of a man, but it was okay because Kanseko told everyone he had black belts in karate, taekwondo, and was quote, an expert with nunchucks. Well, you can't use those, mate. Although he did carry a bat into the ring, which, to be honest, he probably should have held on to. His perfect MMA fight attire? Trousers and trainers, mate. He came out through a big overhand right, missed so hard he did a 360, and then basically ran away for the rest of the fight. Until he threw a leg kick, slipped, and uh, got absolutely battered by the big man Choi. He went on to take a couple of more fights, but was accused of throwing them and just all sorts of other weird shit, so just no. Thank you, let's pretend this never happened. Number four, Aaron Chalmers. I know I've been banging on about Essex, but we're going to jump to the other end of England now to talk about another regionally-based UK reality TV show, The Geordie Shore, set, of course, in the home of the Geordies, the tune of Newcastle. This lad called Aaron Chalmers had done that show and the rounds on the Gormless reality TV circuit of the UK, X on the Beach, etc. Only logical place for him next was Bellator, right? Wait, what? Well, that shit happened. He'd been training Muay Thai for a couple of years and had his first pro fight in 2017, kind of mid-Geordie Shore season 15. Holy shit, there's been 22 series of this show? Anyway, the guy's not talentless at all. It was kind of a surprise to see a reality TV star decide to start beating people up. Sure, he won his first three fights in the regional UK promotion, Bama, all by stoppage in the first round. Two of them in less than a minute, but uh, he may or may not have been fighting dustbinmen. Either way, Scott Coker knows an opportunity when he sees one, and so he was picked up by Bellator. He made his debut at Bellator 200 of all places and got another first round win, but he fought tougher guys and is currently 2-2. Two and two. Still, considering he was coming from the quite cushy world of British reality TV where you basically just need to keep your son 
one tan and six pack in check, he certainly wasn't doing too badly. Since then, there's been talks of retirement, now the WWE, or even boxing Tommy Fury. So, uh, yay, look forward to that one, I guess. Number three, Brad Ferro. All right, we're going to switch coastlines now from the Geordie Shore to the Jersey one, where I'm sure there's just as much thrilling shit that happens in an episode of the Jersey Shore as it does on any other coastline town full of very bored humans. I've heard that getting into a fight is sort of a rite of passage over there, and this bloke Brad Ferro did just that back in 2009 during season one, so it became a bit of a viral moment for the show's initial growth. But instead of getting into an 80s roadhouse montage-worthy brawl at the Beachcomber Bar and Grill, he instead landed a perfect right cross to the face of Jersey Shore National Treasure snooky who's like four foot nine and you know a woman uh, that's assault brother tmz were all over it the footage came out before the show dude was fined 500 dollars which isn't actually that much but was given a six month suspended jail sentence so what's the first thing he did after he'd done his time take an mma fight of course seriously though if the trolls could reach him wherever he was i'm sure they were questioning the shit out of his manhood after you know flooring some poor young lady on national television to be honest the whole thing was pretty traumatic and mtv aired a warning before about violence i guess brad didn't take that to heart to be fair he did say when he saw the video he was sick to his stomach but we're getting a little sidetracked here either way he fought spencer cook in an amateur mma fight shortly after all this went down and i'm not gonna lie to a lot of the internet's thrill and delight he was knocked out cold apparently due to the viral nature of what had happened with the initial video after this he couldn't find work and eventually joined the army probably taught him a lesson about getting blackout drunk and punching girls though number two george lucas's daughter Considering Star Wars doesn't really feature much MMA, more of that fake chi martial arts shit, and Indy was basically good at just shooting people and getting beaten up, I'd say George Lucas's daughter might be his most successful contribution to mixed martial arts. Her name was Amanda Lucas, and she went to her first MMA event with her husband and thought, hey, this could be a great way to overcome the childhood trauma of bullying and whose dad unnecessarily gave the world Jar Jar Binks. She got her purple belt in BJJ and took her first pro fight in 2008, and believe it or not, trained with the Scrap Pack. That's the Diaz brothers, Melendez Shields, that whole bunch. Not surprising really Jabba the Hutt was the biggest gangster around unfortunately she lost her debut by TKO but she bounced back and by 2012 she was 4-1 and one. she'd mainly been competing in Japan at Deep Impact and she only went and bloody won their open weight championship as well she had one more fight and yeah that was it in 2015 she retired 5-1 and one as a pro pretty solid MMA career if you ask me got out while the going was good should have passed that advice on to her dad really number one Tommy from Power Rangers the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers blew your mind as a kid. People in spacesuits throwing karate moves at giant aliens and hit them so hard they make sparks fly out of them. Literally eye amphetamines to millions of children everywhere. We all knew the Power Rangers were badass shit. They could form together a giant robot which pretty much could crush an entire government, let alone a villain that once again for the 10th episode in a row for some reason has suddenly swollen to the size of Godzilla because they were getting starched on the feet by the Power Rangers as technical striking. But we all knew who the most badass ranger was. That's right, the Green Ranger, baby. Tommy Oliver. Shit, when he came around he was all corrupted and evil and was so sick he beat up all the other Power Rangers with their shitty colours until he joined their side, became the White Ranger. Either way, Tommy was the shit and the actor that played him, Jason David Frank, had a long list of martial arts accolades. 8th Dan Black Belt in Shotokan Karate, Black Belt in Waido Ryu Karate, Black Belt in Taekwondo, Black Belt in Judo, Purple Belt in BJJ, and Arjan Degree in Muay Thai. Basically, Morpheus plugged him in and just downloaded all the latest shit. Dude even made his own mixed martial art called So Kundo. 2009, he announced he'd signed with Sucker Punch Entertainment 
entertainment and MMA marketing company, and he started training with Melvin Gallard, which is an interesting choice, I guess, and made his debut at the US Amateur Combat Association. It was a bit chaotic, and he showed off some of his karate, but he got cracked with a left hook, and it could have been over there, but I guess his opponent just wanted to laugh at him. Anyway, he took Jason down, and within seconds, he'd slipped on a rather sexy omoplata and tapped him. Congratulations, Power Ranger. Victory is yours. He had another bout in the same year where he took the back and sunk in a rear naked choke. You know, for a striking guy, he sure does rely on that BJJ, huh? Still, who'd have thought their childhood hero would one day actually try and do some fighting that doesn't involve lycra, space swords, and, um, invisibility? Still, remember, kids, Jesus doesn't tap. Thanks again to our official partners, Bet Online. Make sure to come and join us this weekend for a UFC 271 in studio fight companion featuring Darren the Dentist Stewart and the voice of Cage Warriors Brad Wharton. And if you want, you can play along with this at betonline.ag using the code on point to get a 50% sign up bonus good for up to $1,000. I'll see you at the violence fight fans. A big shout out to Luke Taylor for editing this video. You can find him and some of his amazing artwork on Twitter at cool2me underscore. Shout out to Ben Rosette and the excellent music he provided during the intro video. His music can be found on streaming platforms everywhere. There is a link in the description and follow him at Ben Rosette on Instagram and on Twitter. Thank you very much for watching everyone today. Please go ahead and like and subscribe if you did enjoy the content. We upload at least three videos every week for your viewing pleasure. Go ahead and leave a comment below if you want to join in the discussion and follow us on Twitter at MMA on Point and myself at Balian underscore plays. You can now jump in and join the community discord as well if you want to continue the discussion further and I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. I'll see you in the next one.